Hello listeners, welcome to 10x Growth Strategies podcast. Today, we are going to discuss the book, Good to Great by Jim Collins. And we have the pleasure of hosting Madhu Shalini Iyer. Madhu, welcome to 10x Growth Strategies podcast. Thank you, Preeti. Always a pleasure. Thank you. So tell us about yourself. So... First of all, thank you again for having me uh, on this podcast. I'm uh, a partner at a at a venture capital fund called Rocketship.vc. Uh, we are uh, situated here in the Bay Area in Los Altos, and uh, we are a 140 million dollar fund AUM assets under management. Our uh, second fund is 100 million dollars. Uh, which is what we are investing out of and um, we are uh, global investors which is i think a little unique uh, because we are able to sort of sit here in the valley and invest across the globe and of course in uh, us as well and in the valley of course as well and uh, yeah we're all entrepreneurs past entrepreneurs uh, data scientists and you know it's been a pleasure i've been there for a for a bit now before that i was a data scientist i was an entrepreneur uh i've spent a bunch of time sort of building data driven products and uh, i was born in india in terms of just my personal sort of journey i was born in india raised in india a little bit went to singapore for high school uh, went to university of sydney for my electrical and computer engineering before i came here to the uh, to the states and to the valley couple decades ago so that's a little bit about me that's fantastic you have covered three different continents and uh, that's a phenomenal experience you have there madhu really excited to have you thank you so talking about good to great what are some of the key takeaways you got from this book came out a while ago and i've uh, you know i read it a, a while back i think jim collins the author has has attempted to take a case studies and attempted to sort of uh, give a guideline a very research based approach to build, building uh, good companies and my my takeaways from that uh, were a a little bit about uh, discovering core values and purpose uh, beyond just sort of making money and and i think that was my biggest takeaway and i think we can sort of cover this in further you know in the conversation uh, but i think what's really important to notice that it was a fascinating read uh, when i read it because um, there's a lot of human aspects to this book as well be it leadership be it uh, discipline you know i'm really excited to be talking about this book in greater detail Yeah, that's a great summary out there and and uh, let's start with the leadership topic uh jim talks about level 5 leaders so who do we call level 5 leaders do you have any examples of such leaders you know if listeners have not read the book uh just kind of summarizing level 5 leadership I, I, from what i took away from uh jim's book level 5 leadership is really just the will professional will i would say and the humility the personal humility he's tried to uh, highlight the the introverted personalities and and how it's not just about sort of being charismatic or anything he he's basically just boiled it down to humility and uh, and the will really to succeed and the professional will to succeed uh, and that's what he calls the level 5 leadership which i which i think is sort of you know very very it's a refreshing take because so many times we hear that 
that you know you have to be charismatic to be leading an organization to be building a great organization and just how he has sort of uh, distilled it down i thought was as water level 5 leadership as he defines it is was a refreshing take uh, and then when he said professional will uh, what my take away from that was uh, somebody who's got the ability to sort of look themselves in the mirror a little bit Uh, and to take responsibility for comes and actions and results uh, outcomes and results as a result of their own actions uh, doesn't blame others and obviously the will which is you know the unwavering resolve and uh, and then finally just you know sort of being dedicated to creating great results the personal humility piece obviously we all know you know relies on ins- basically inspired standards and not charisma to motivate others you do what you you inspire how you do and not not what you say and so you lead with that and you focus on the company and not on yourself and and so yeah so i think i think these really and also you know the last point for personal humility is giving credit to others and not to themselves frankly these are very very difficult qualities uh, and many leaders have it as i have and i read this book a while back so i'm going to take a little bit of a contrarian approach throughout this podcast to the book mm-hmm. and here's what i will say i i will say that these are great great call outs by jim and very thoughtful and a very refreshing and an inspiring read but that's not what life is life really is leaders people they come in all different shapes sizes forms thoughts personal baggages uh, and there's really no one take to success and uh, i'd sort of be a little remiss to say that hey you know i can point out to somebody who i think is level 5 leader what i'm saying is while it was refreshing and a great uh, north star uh, but it's really not you know i wouldn't even call it a north star because leaders come in all shapes and forms would you call J- steve jobs a level 5 leader was he really that you know did he have a lot of humility i mean i don't know he might have uh, from what i read about him he doesn't seem to have a lot of humility right so um, so i i pause there i rethink i you know i sort of go back to the drawing board and i say that it's important these are qualities that the actions that he has called out are important but how you get there and who you are as a person not so much you know i hate terms like introvert extrovert charismatic non charismatic you are who you are and everybody needs to get the chance to be the best in, to be sort of the best of themselves and to build great companies and that's why i don't want to box anyone in you know a level 5 leader category Yeah I love that contrarian approach Madhu and I appreciate that different uh, thought viewpoint there you, that you brought in yes certainly we see different types of leaders and uh, I think uh, with respect to all these qualities like you said people can have certain set of qualities they may not have all the qualities but they can still be great leaders absolutely uh, I agree with you on that So Jim next talks about getting the right team together and especially since you've been in the startup world like you said and now you invest in startups why is the team so important Absolutely I think that's such a great question right people is such a again so loosely defined uh, the right people are the people that bring out the best in you and uh, that you bring out the best in and sometimes it's not just about it there has to be a personal chemistry there has to be a personal sort of 
resonance, but there also has to be a, that professional right chord, striking the chord, you know, uh, for the problem, given a problem. Uh, and so there are very different dimensions of sort of a great team uh, job function, the requirements of what you're building, uh, your own personal chemistry, which I think is really important, especially in startups. Uh, you, uh, you know, and even larger organizations, because everybody kind of goes into smaller silos, but especially for startups and smaller orgs, that right chemistry, personal chemistry in teams is very important. So I think I've seen this play out time and time again, uh, the most successful startups. I mean, that's why, you know, there's a lot of sort of uh, VC partners in the VC world. Uh, startup founders and in partnerships and the first ha- few hires and and then as you kind of scale building the right top team all the way down to the individual contributors really really important absolutely i have heard that uh, some of the top successful entrepreneurs even take time to hire even the first 500 people right the ceos are interviewing the people that come in and that it's what creates the culture. Um, so uh, that's good to hear that you're seeing the same thing in your startups. So so Jim talks about confronting brutal facts in one of his chapters. And especially in the startup world, what are some techniques that you use to get CXOs to address the brutal facts? Totally, totally. I think confronting brutal facts is really very important. But in the startup world, not losing faith is equally important because, you know, there's a vision and you're building towards that vision. And a founder has to be the biggest champion for themselves and for the folks that are working for them and also for product that they're building into the external, the investors and, you know, the external world. And confronting brutal facts is a very personal journey because you have to always keep in mind not to lose the faith. And he had talked about the Stocktail paradox, which is, you know, you have to retain the faith that you will, you know, that things will sort of prevail in the end, mm-hmm. regardless of what difficulties you face. Um, it's always about the current. It's not about the future. It's not about getting hung up on the past. It's, you know, sort of like, here is what we are facing right now. And this is the reality. You know, and once you do that, you know, I think that you are able to sort of quickly evaluate the situation. Hopefully right decisions become are clearer and they just kind of, you know, present themselves, they're self-evident. Um, and as an investor, I'll say that it is a paradox here because you are looking for a founder that can confront the brutal facts, but just going to really, really adopt and practice the Stockdale paradox of retaining that faith because they are the they are the biggest champions for themselves for their employees for their product for us and so but it's really really important to fix the situation to realize the situation to have the ability to even sort of you know understand and recognize when things are going well or not and that's the reason I say that it's very difficult because as you are trying to build an airplane as you're flying it and you have to believe in it an outside in look at your own self is a very, very difficult uh, thing. Uh, How do you do that? Again, you know, sort of being a bit of a contrarian sounds great on paper, but it's just very difficult to do. And that's why, you know, you have an entire ecosystem. You have the investors who can perhaps take a little bit of an outside in look into startups like us. 
uh, you have other stakeholders. Uh, and so, so that's why we are all sort of in this together. And that's why uh, the VC ecosystem, the startup ecosystem works the way it does, because we are all constantly trying to make sure that we all confront the brutal facts and help our founders confront the brutal facts. And they help us also. And we all come to right decisions and the right decisions become really self-evident. Yeah, it certainly is a fine balance, right? And like you said, it's a paradox between knowing what's happening now and making sure that you are aiming high for the future and having that faith. That is a great advice for entrepreneurs who are listening uh, to this episode. So let's talk a little bit about some of the concepts, some new concepts that Jim had introduced in the book called the Hedgehog concept, where he says as a company, you look at what you're really good at, you look at what you're passionate about, and then what drives the economic engine or what makes money. And the intersection of all of that is where you're successful. Have you seen that applied? Like, how did that resonate with you? Yeah, I think that uh, this is a little bit of a I will take the example of the, you know, the Gojeks of the world and where obviously I was the chief data officer. When I look at my experience at Gojek, Gojek as a company, we really were building for Indonesia uh, as a country. Uh, I remember Nadim, CEO, just a visionary, great person to sort of imbibe from some of the qualities and just his belief and vision for Indonesia. Uh, and that's the, what are you deeply passionate about angle? Just like, we need to make sure that there is a, there is a scale of services in Indonesia, in, in an emerging market uh, that Uber does here in the US rides and, and the best rides, food and delivery services and all of that payments. In fact, we had GoPay that came out that had more transactions than the Bank of Indonesia on day three. Uh, but the point is really that that was, we were deeply passionate about it and we were building it. And we, we really were, could have been the best in all of Indonesia in so many services that we didn't have to open even. Uh, but we were really trying to, again, come back to that other point of, you know, we were passionate about helping uh, the Indonesian population. Population. And that's why we um, we sort of went after what can we be the best at, which is which was every service that we could provide with these motorbikes. We we were doing it, you know, be it beauty massages at one point, be it courier services, same day courier services, logistics, be it be it food. Uh, we tried to do all of that, um, and but we are for us reaching the maximum amount of people and reaching that scale was what was important. And uh, were we thinking about the economic engine? Absolutely, we were. And we were very conscientious of that. We were trying to tweak things and making sure. But we also wanted to get to a scale. Uh, and at that, at one point, we were doing 1 million transactions per day. There were 1 million, a total of one rides and food and all of that, all amounting to a million transactions per day. And that was our, and that was what we were sort of really excited by because that was driving the first two levers. So again, I sort of to take a contrarian view, everybody tries to solve for all three, you know, which is you want to do what you are best at. You want to be obviously very deeply passionate about a problem. Uh, and we also want to be doing what's sort of economically sense and uh, and what drives the economic engine. We didn't discover the single economic denominator or the profit. Sometimes it, that doesn't need to be at the outset the most important thing. At the outset, the most important thing has to be sort of to scale the platform and to make sure it works properly and 
so these are different businesses and of course our we were doing well on many many realms as it's evident by the amount that gojek has raised over a billion dollars uh, but again to the book and being a contrarian to the book there are anomalies and uh, and so these are great concepts but you have to sort of take that with what you are doing and there are differences and you don't need to sort of there's no prescribed uh there's never any prescriptions in business as long as you sort of know the hard facts know how to run businesses are completely grounded in the theory of uh of how you run a business and have your north stars aligned mm-hmm. everything else all other, all other concepts will follow and it will organically emerge nicely put nicely put madhu and it was nice to hear the story of gojek all the way uh, across the world uh, from here it is an interesting example uh, to see how different services can be relevant for such a crowded market uh, right like in asia totally let's talk about you mentioned earlier about the culture of discipline and that being one of your key takeaways so as a vc and a prior startup executive how do you recommend companies balance the culture of discipline while having that energy and ethic of entrepreneurship you know while you're having that discipline and having all those processes coming together that help you succeed but at the same time you want to be entrepreneurial and you want to take risks and move forward so i wanted to understand how you can balance the two absolutely this is the most difficult question uh, for every entrepreneur because there are going to be uh, there are not many times in life where you have to take risks that many times where you have to take many informed decisions that involve risk risky decisions you know all the time and so when you are confronted with the because you're taking so many decisions so your n is really large and so obviously there's a chance of uh, making uh, you are going to you're really going to have to sort of take different uh, first of all it becomes organic after a point uh, and you just go with the flow and you just kind of do what is right and you know what makes sense and so there's so that discipline is really really important because you have to keep coming back to the anchoring and it's easy for some people because they're anchored to some things and then they can come back to the drawing board constantly and for others you are uh, and for many others even for people who are anchored it's very difficult to stay anchored uh, to the core principles and that's why i think culture and uh, and having concepts like the hedgehog concept which we just discuss and discussed you know those are important things to anchor you back to sort of come back to tick off the boxes into just it for you have to force a rigor on your own self mm. uh, and the you know and then they are the good good to great obviously jim also talks about the flywheel and the doom loop which is if you take these disciplined processes and you follow it then you hopefully get a flywheel spinning uh, but if you don't then it, there's the doom loop but again you know very theoretical in in the case studies and such i think that even just the way the case studies were formulated i'm not sure i agree with all of that 100% now looking back because you know there's a sampling could have been larger could he could have analyzed much many many more average companies because you know mediocrity is a very very important thing to analyze failure mm-hmm. is an important thing to analyze taking you know 10 or 11 companies that have done really really well i don't know you know so i think i think there's a lot to be said about the approach itself and i would question that a lot uh, but what i would say is that there are some things that are fundamental here and especially this discipline that he talks about 
the culture of discipline i think it's really um, it's a fundamental quality as you are taking decisions every day to have that kind of discipline to be able to come back to the drawing board to things that anchor you and that's why choice of the words is really interesting the culture of discipline so there is a culture around there's some anchoring concepts around the being disciplined which is so you can always come back to that to those anchoring points to see if if you're sort of adhering to those and i thought that was a fundamentally very useful concept yeah indeed and i'm glad you touched upon the flywheel and doom loop uh for the interest of uh, the audience the flywheel concept uh was the ability for companies to find the rhythm so they actually have that flywheel effect and they keep growing and the doom loop is when the processes are executed and it goes in the wrong direction and they start failing and it continues into doom right and i think you're right in terms of the you know these concepts may be too simple and not every company would fit into these and uh, you know in the the universe is too big to have too many different companies and examples and not one single formula of success you know right for me i i i more than even i think the flywheel and the doom loop concept uh, the culture of discipline these are all fundamental concepts which are really really useful uh, and they exist and we uh, but i think the exception that i was sort of taking to the book was not these concepts but it was really the examination of these concepts with the lens of just 11 companies that jim took how it sort of fits into how it fits into sort of these 11 and how it would fit into others and then perhaps sort of expounding on these concepts itself once you look at you know more average companies or companies that have been dismal failures or companies that have uh, that have followed these and in fact you know after he had written the book i think you know a few went on to be failures Uh, but they have followed these concepts so i think that's why i said that regardless of whether you know it's a good to a great company or what the outcome of a company is these are fundamental concepts which still exist which still are valid and uh, you know but it just is a question of following them but not being understanding them knowing them knowing other things uh, but not being married to them. yeah makes sense madhu and um, you know thank you so much for taking time i think this was a very good summary for people to start with and then they can explore the book and i know jim has several other books that uh, that you can refer to um, are there any final words of advice you'd like to leave our audience with thank you again priti you know i enjoyed talking about something that i read a while back so my advice is to is to uh, follow the style that's closest to you is to sort of be the best at who you are uh, is to have a fundamental have you know the strong fundamentals really really uh, down and figure out for your business what's the the flywheel concept is great but now how do you get to a flywheel in your own business then again like i said i think that leadership is very personal things that uh, leadership uh, discipline culture uh and discipline styles and leadership styles and culture uh, what you prefer these are all very very personal things and so my advice is for entrepreneurs to be themselves more than anything else and to be true to what they are building and and uh, not worry about uh, failure as much uh, and have the faith also always sort of have good judgment and surround yourself with good people and good teams and that will always keep you in a winning stead That's a great final advice uh, Madhu and uh, again once again we appreciate you taking time so audience uh, do check out good to great 
and thank you for tuning in today thank you